I asked someone if they had bought brain polish. I was like, cause that shit, you're, that shit's as smooth as a marble. <laughs> oh, Jared. Are you a toxic internet player? No, until somebody, like I like trash talk, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't start it. But if somebody's like running their mouth, I have a hard time just muting them and moving on. I engage for a little bit. And then once I've sufficiently dunked them into the center of the earth, I mute. <laughs> survivor turning back time podcast the survivor podcast that uh producers refuse to step in to save anyone from endangering themselves jesus christ i'm your host Stephen levine with my co-host jared sheldon jared what's up have you, have you endangered yourself today constantly but okay. I, I try I, when i enter these episodes i really do like enter them with a fresh slate like i don't think about the episode between watching it and doing the episode yeah unless like i mean unless something like pops up my mind and i had forgotten <laughs> and we're gonna talk about it we're gonna get really in depth no i i would consider myself to be a risk taker <laughs> i would back that up that's fine but i don't know the last time i really felt like my life was in danger i mean i guess i'm diabetic so my life's in danger every day mm -hmm. i do have oh, i do have the my my diabetic pump failing me at midnight one night and a critical pump failure, first time it's ever happened in 17 years? No, is that right? <laughs> How long have I been? Four, 14 years since I've had a pump. 17 years since I've been diabetic. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess I guess you go to the emergency room, but I'm stubborn. So yeah. I did not. That's so I, I, called, I woke my doctor up. I called them at midnight. They did not have their personal line. They were on call. <laughs> I don't have my doctor's personal number. Hey, Doc, um, <laughs> what's up? I need some help. Hey, can you get some insulin down to the local pharmacy? But it's funny because, like, I, I get why you have to have doctors write prescriptions. That's a good thing. But I'm like, my doctor doesn't know as much about my diabetes as I do because sure. they're just a primary care doctor. Uh -huh. And so I'm, like, telling them what to write down. They're like, she's like, I don't know the dose for this medication, Jared. And I was like, yeah, it's like 25 units. Just, like, write it for 25 units. I need it for two days. And she's like, okay. <laughs> My concern, I get again, I get it. There are reasons why you have those things, reasons why prescriptions exist, so people don't abuse the system. However, who is abusing insulin? It's it's well, first of all, you can buy insulin over the counter. Okay, prescription is for insurance. Sure, but it's also it's it's mostly just so that you make sure it's it's regulated, right? There are a lot of diabetics, myself not included. I don't know how we got in. Welcome to Jared's diabetic podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of diabetics, type 1 diabetics specifically, that don't regulate their blood sugars all that well. Mm -hmm. I am a hypochondriac. So I, like, if my sugar's, like, five points off, I'm like, my, my kidneys are going to fail and I'm going to die. <laughs> so that, not taking care of it was never an option for me, but there are diabetics mm -hmm. that would just never see their doctors. They would just use the same ratios for their entire lives. They would mismanage their sugars, and they'd have terrible outcomes and lose their feet. Sure. I don't care how I die. Uh, I'm sorry? I don't care how... Young I die. Okay. But damn it, I am dying with both my feet. <laughs> that, <laughs> I appreciate that. That is a goal. That is a, an obtainable goal. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Hopefully it's an attainable goal. Uh, on a side diabetic note, we are recording on Halloween. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. There is a bag of candy sitting right outside the door. I chose not to bring it in here because that would be dumb to have candy wrappers on an audio medium. So, when we're done with this and we're watching our second episode for the night, I'm going to definitely dig into that candy. Because oh, yeah. no trick-or-treaters are coming into this building. None. A couple of the neighbors on my floor in my apartment building left just like buckets of candy outside their door. Oh, that's cool. I thought that was, that was nice. I don't actually think that there are any children in this building. There might be a, a pair of children in one single apartment. Hmm. But most everyone feels old and childless, and I'm cool with that. And you are young and childless. Yeah. Now, see, I'm not going to give away candy when I have a house for Halloween. Sure. Why? I'm going to give away razors. Okay. But then when you go to shave your face with them, it's actually a Snickers bar <laughs> on the inside. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was gonna say, why not just like give them a full packaged razor and then they pull it out and it's actually a Snickers. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because the endless myths on Halloween, would they're always there. No one's giving out their drugs to children. No. No one wants to give out their drugs to children. No. Nope. Drugs are expensive. If, if someone has drugs, they're probably selling them yeah. or using them. Correct. I personally don't know how much drugs cost because I've never bought drugs. What kind of drugs? I don't. We're not going down this road. All right. Not on. Not I know on, a guy. I, I'm sure you do. I don't want to know. There's also a dispensary like a block from us. That's so. fair. That's different though those are prices that are very clearly marked i can walk in there and be like how much is this and you're like you don't want that it's gonna fuck you up and i'm like okay well my guy with the trench coat can do the same thing he opens up the trench coat you point at it you say how much is this and he tells you <laughs> he tells me yeah this time it's free next time it's a lot more nah, that's how they get you <laughs> I have lost control of my life. That's actually my costume. I I am a person who has lost control of their life. Why are you lying? Oh, okay. <laughs> you're si- I, you're sitting here in a Pokemon trainer outfit, and sure. it's a great costume, and you should acknowledge it. Oh, I'm sorry. I get that confused sometimes. That's me in the regular life, someone who's lost yes. control of their life. My costume is Pokemon trainer. Got it. Maybe cosplaying as a nine-year-old boy is losing control of your life. Let's get into emails. We have a couple, we have three emails. Our regular emails, uh, if you wish to email us, email us at survivortbt at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us on Twitter with the new Elon Twitter. Oh no. <laughs> I forgot. At survivortbt or on Reddit, you slash survivortbt. It's all the Great. same. I have to think about it every single time. Uh, from Josh, getting an email. Uh, this is a good one that I wanted to wait. Jared had asked me. We, we try to filter because sometimes we get a lot of information all at the same time. However, this is good. Uh, in case you didn't see it by now, Mark Burnett had to pay a large settlement to the government of Australia for the illegal things that they did in that Great Barrier Reef thing. That reward. makes sense! Yeah. Colby stealing the coral. I looked it up, and apparently there were huge... When it aired, nobody was really sure why they aired that part. Because there were so many, like... People were all on Survivor. They're like, how the fuck did you do... Why would you do that? This is an endangered area. They had months to think about it, to review it, and they still left it in the episode. They made the active choice to put it in there. Wild. Now, I couldn't find how much the settlement was, and it probably is. I just know that they definitely got a slap on the wrist. Anytime you're paying a settlement to a foreign government for (laughs) abusing their land, it's probably significant. It's probably not great. And then finally, our Carl email. Carl Carl sends a bunch of information all at once in nice bullet point lists. Love so it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get through this. Yeah, and taking the coral was absolutely a huge deal back then, to the point where I'm not sure why they showed it. Like, same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Every entertainment outlet covered it, from newspapers to morning shows. There were a lot of calls for the show to be taken off the air. Wow. I knew. So I thought I was being a bit of. Because let's be honest, I. I'm a bit of a bleeding heart. I'm an aggressive bleeding heart. I I take that energy at, at people and things I want to protect, and I shoot it forward at people. But I was like, am I making this too much of a big deal that they took the coral? No, it turns out I was making it not a big enough deal. No, it, is, it is a big deal, and I don't know what Survivor was thinking. That was... Respect... The, I feel like half the point of the show, or later on, they're like, respect the area that you are in. Because it is giving us the lifeblood to do this show. Can you imagine being in that room when the legal team had to meet with them after the episode aired and was like, guys, why did we include the footage of an international crime and highlight it on this episode? (laughs) Apparently that wasn't the only thing that they did wrong in that episode, though. Was it setting the wildfires? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's good thought, though. Apparently their helicopter flew through a 
uh, an endangered bird Jesus Christ reserve area. Jesus so Christ! They're really hitting everything. Are we the side. bad guys, like Americans? Are we the bad guys? Yes. The answer is yes. A hundred percent. Jesus. But we knew this. I think it's worth to add that this is the first time that a villain actually gets voted out in Survivor before the villains, according to public opinion, had run the table in Borneo. Correct. So this was a watershed moment in the sense that the bad guys don't always win in the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I think that Jerry is a very different kind of villain from Rich. Yes. But both had the controlling aspect down. They both had the controlling aspect... Rich was better at, get, at least from what we see, mm-hmm. Rich was better at getting people to like him. Correct. Yeah. He had had the charisma down. He did. Yeah. And then finally, there was a great moment on The Daily Show the next day where Russ Mitchell, who was filling in for Bryant Gumble, We love the Bryant Gumble. Bryant Gumble with Real Sports, had Jerry on and asked her about an email someone sent them. Reading from the printed out email in the year 2001. <laughs> Hilarious. What a sentence. I love it. He describes to her how a mother was watching the show with her eight-year-old son, and when she got voted out, he cried tears of joy. So how do you react to that, Jerry? What did she say? I don't know. I, I, I'm sure the clip is out there somewhere. But wow. Man, that's brutal. Okay. I feel so bad for Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, I mean, again, there are things that are... Man, knowing all of this, and this is why we do this, right? Like, I didn't know what became of Jerry, mm-hmm. but for people listening, hearing my takes on Jerry for the first time must have been fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm glad we can provide that content, because I didn't know that Jerry was become this hated. Yep. There's a lot of content in this episode, oh, there so let's, uh, let's get right into the episode. Bumper. Hey! This episode came out on April 12th of 2001. So a couple things happened in the week between these episodes. The first one is Mars Odyssey launched. Oh. One of the, uh, I feel like that that shuttle was important. Or not shuttle, probe was important. At least I remember that one. That was really the only thing that happened. But the number one song changed to All For You by Janet Jackson. Which they still refer to as Janet only (laughs) on this Okay. Top of the box office, we still have Spy Kids. Yes. But we have some other contenders now. Oh. Along Came a Spider, which I don't know what that is. I, I don't like know what that is movie. either. Joe Dirt <laughs> at number three. <laughs> Joe Dirt. I have seen... There's always a resurgence of Joe Dirt in pop culture, and it's usually Halloween. People, I see random yeah. Joe Dirt costumes, and I'm like, wow, that is a thing that I haven't thought about in a long time. At least 364 days. Number four is Josie and the Pussycats. I enjoy that movie. I love that movie. So I didn't know anything about it until I went and saw it, actually with you. Yeah, when our friend rented out a movie theater for it. Yeah. This was right, this was still in that pandemic period where like vaccines were out, but not everyone had them. Mm -hmm. And so this movie theater near us was letting people rent theaters so you could play them and do like private gatherings with small numbers of people yeah it was really cool it was a good time and i expected like goofy uh, girl teen movie and it's striking social commentary from the get-go yeah no it's, it is it is a fantastic movie yeah and then another one on here that i think you'll appreciate steven number seven pokemon three the movie yes albeit not the greatest of the Pokemon movies. Not the greatest of the Pokemon movies. I do have... I have a collection somewhere as I'm sitting in my Pokemon trainer outfit. I have a collection of the first three Pokemon movies and then the next four Pokemon movies. So in total, that's seven Pokemon movies. The math adds up. Thank you. Some of them are good. Most of them are okay. Yeah. A couple of them are hot garbage. Is it entertaining hot garbage? Yeah. Oh, okay. no. It's, it's nostalgic. I'm not going back to be like, uh, yes, let these movies take me on a cinematic experience. I'm going back for nostalgia and nostalgia only. Hmm. Well, speaking of hot garbage, <laughs> this episode. Hey, I don't know. No, no, this, sorry. This episode's not hot garbage. I guess, I guess more referencing their living conditions. Oh, no, that's hot garbage. <laughs> Everything is falling apart. In the recap of the last episode, 
we are still calling, we're still pushing the talisman. Yeah. And I don't know when that goes away. It needs to go away soon. Immunity necklace sounds so much better. It does, doesn't it? Talisman sounds a little too uh, spiritualistic, re- ritualistic for Survivor. Yeah, it's it's a it's an inherently pragmatic object that yeah. then you're giving this weird, like yeah, you're right. It has like some type of different energy about it. I don't yeah, know. and then I the other thing I noted is that even in the recap, they sandbag Nick. Did Nick sleep with Mark Burnett's wife or something? <laughs> like, what's going on? He is an afterthought. Usually it's the, oh, what did this person do to get voted out? Nothing. Nope. They go through the whole episode, and then they get to the end, and they're like, oh, yeah, Nick was voted out. Yeah. Brutal. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So we start this episode with weird slow jam R&B song... It feels real out of place in Survivor, but I'm not going to question it. Here we are. And then again, we're back into the desolation. Everyone hurts. Everyone's miserable. We're still talking about food. We're still talking about food. This, the protagonist of this whole season is the environment. Like, yeah. like I, we've talked about it a lot. I won't go back through the details and all of that, but like... I feel like half of the conversation in every episode from the merge, at least per episode, is... Oh my god, I want to die. Everything sucks. We have no food. Yeah. And I'm Maybe. I'm really excited for us to get beyond the beyond the the landscape affecting the game yeah. and taking up so much of the experience. It's like they ended last episode saying, "Well, at least it can't get worse." And then this episode starts with, "And then it got worse." And then everything got much much worse. <laughs> Did you see how small their the, their rice portions are in the beginning of this episode? Yeah. They're like, they're the size of like a donut hole. And I'm like, that is not enough. If that's the ration that they're supposed to be eating per meal, like mm-hmm. even if they do that three times a day, that is not enough to sustain a human body. It's, it's, it's brutal. And rice does expand. I will give it that. Well, that was cooked. Oh, no, I didn't remember that. Sorry. Yeah, we, uh, uh, we see uh, Amber putting it on her plate to start to eat it at one point episode, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, so they're, they're showing them measure out the rice cup by cup. They, they talked about how they went through, and they pre-rationed. They're so, like, all right, this is how much each is going to be. If we do it this much, this much, this much, that'll get us all the way to the end. Great. Awesome. As long as your rice stays put, as long as nothing happens to that rice, you figured it out. <laughs> Is this what we call foreshadowing? Yes. <laughs> and then we cut to Amber. We hope for good things to come. We hope for food. We hope to continue being here. Man, of those three things, not a whole lot of them happen. What are the three things? Uh, hope for good things to come. Nope. Hope for food. Nope. And hope to be here. Nope. Yeah. So zero for three, Amber. It's brutal. And then we we get in, and this is the Amber breakdown. It's everyone's opinion on Amber, and everyone how Amber has either how she's transpired in this game. Yeah. So I'm a, I I know this is the end of the episode, but I feel like we have to talk about the vote a little bit here Go to ahead. make this part of the episode make sense. Yeah. So Amber's the one who goes home. What? <laughs> Spoilers for the end of the episode. There's something they're not showing us. Because, oh, like, Roger and Elizabeth vote, vote, eh, both vote for Amber. Mm-hmm. And so does, I think, everyone except for Colby? Uh, keep, keep talking. I'm going to find that vote breakdown. Okay. Regardless, the votes seem like there's some coordination going on. But they have not shown us any communication between Roger and Elizabeth and uh, Keith, Colby, and Tina. Yeah, almost none. Except for, you know, like, survival conversation. We don't see any... We, have, we don't see any gameplay talk this entire episode. Maybe the vote's a foregone conclusion, but it's just... It's strange to me. Because it, it feels like it was a pretty solid consensus that Amber was going to go home by the time we get to the vote. But it's never talked about. And last episode... Roger and Elizabeth also voted for Amber. It's very confusing. Uh, it would have been, gameplay-wise, incredibly easy for Roger and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, we've seen, do really smart gameplay moves. 
or try to at least earlier in the season around the merge, it would have been so easy to get Amber on their side and go after either Colby or Keith, both of which had more votes than any of the three of them, and take them out. Yeah, Colby was the only other person who voted for Roger. Okay. So it was, yeah, Amber and Amber and Colby voted together, and then Tina, Keith, Roger, and Elizabeth all voted for Amber. I just feel like there's conversation there that we have not been privy to. It yeah. feels like something is missing. It's, it is the first time that Colby and Tina have not voted together. Yeah. It's... It there, there feels like there should be conversation there that we don't talk about. Maybe at it's all. just early season, you know, things again where they're, you know, at this point they're kind of voting their conscience because there's so few of them. Maybe they just didn't talk about it because they're literally just trying to not die these three days. And Colby was not at camp, so for most of it because of the reward challenge. But there has to be conversation somewhere there, there has to right? Because right? if you assume that everything is going like according to plan. You wouldn't think that Amber would be the next vote. You would think it would take out like another. You're trying to extinguish Kucha. Yeah, I, I mean they don't really need to. Like I like I said last episode, they have there's four mm-hmm. Ogacore to Kucha, yeah. so you could get rid of Amber. She's expendable. I guess more the point is that if you want everyone to vote in the same place and not screw up your vote, you do need to have those conversations somewhere. Yeah. So why are we not seeing this? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Yeah. This whole the focus of what they show us this season is very bizarre. All over the place. Absolutely. <laughs> Which again sucks because I really like I like this cast. Yeah. I like this cast from the beginning. It's and... a great cast. And they're absolutely put the the ringer. Yeah. From top to bottom. It's just brutal every day. It's Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Why did Nick want to come back? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. We, like, we talked about Amber's, uh, the breakdown of Amber. People say she's grown. She's flown under the radar. Some people are like, she's just getting by and that's just not enough. I, I don't know who that could have been. Yeah. Uh, and then Roger and Elizabeth are aware of the pecking order. Mm-hmm. They know that they're next. They know that they're... Which, they don't do anything to flip it. Nope. Or at least we don't see them try. I mean, they might have. Apparently, the, 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 it worked. Whatever yeah, they did, that's which true. was nothing. <laughs> we did nothing, and we're all out of ideas. But it worked. But it worked. But again, thinking strategy-wise, what's the point here if you're not if you're making short-term flips and still putting yourself at a disadvantage? It must be personal. Like, it, it has to be that, like, Colby, Tina, and Keith just like having Roger and Elizabeth around. Sure more than Amber. That's fair. And I mean, that that is a benefit to Roger and Elizabeth and something I talk about with Elizabeth, it being uh, Elizabeth being the reason that Jerry goes home because Elizabeth is so likable. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just they just like having the two of them around camp. I mean, it, they all have really bonded because again, yeah. they're dealing with intense trauma. This is trauma bonding. There yep. is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like You're going through some brutal shit. And hopefully coming out clean on the other side. And maybe they trauma bonded more with Roger and Elizabeth. And so there wasn't a conversation. It was literally just they voted who they didn't like as much. Yeah. (laughs) Bizarre. Okay. Reward challenge. We are back to the carabiner maze. I love this challenge. It's, It's not the same carabiner maze as the first season where it kind of spider webbed out. Like you had to make a decision. And then if you were wrong, then you had to try to scramble to catch back up. I prefer the first seasons, actually. I do, too. This one was a carabiner maze, but more so in that the ropes kind of crisscrossed yeah. and you had to disconnect and reconnect to other sides of the crisscross, which don't it didn't make sense to me that that was how they did it. The way that Jeff explained it was that all ropes would get you to the end, uh-huh. but some of them would be shorter paths than others. Yeah, but essentially... You just you're avoiding the obstacles by unclipping and reclipping. Yeah. Make them do obstacles. Make them make them go over and under things. Make them unravel knots. I don't know. Put challenge in their way so it's not just a sprint. Make it challenging. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I remember this course from season one 
or this challenge from season one, mm-hmm. and like Jenna like kicking Jervis in the face, getting <laughs> over a log. Like it, yeah. it was like I that is a memorable moment from season one to me. Is that and like them being like Greg still lost, <laughs> and this one not not memorable. No, it, it essentially it was a sprint to the finish, and the physical people dominated. Because Shocking, of course they did. But I do have to talk about the reward being. You win a horseback ride to a, what do they call it? A something camp? A, like a rancher camp? A rancher camp, something like that. Two meals, not just one meal. Yeah. You have a dinner and a breakfast. Mm-hmm. You stay overnight and all the Bud Light you can drink. <laughs> Sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> That's one of those moments where Jeff turns to the camera, gives a little ding, and we continue on. I mean, this was perfect for Colby. <laughs> it was this it, Colby went this and I don't think it was as close as they tried to make it look no because they do <laughs> at, the, at the end Jeff is like shouting toward Amber keep going Amber he's wearing down <laughs> and he's already standing at the finish line like yeah. you sure you sure I, I don't know about that but alright and then for whatever reason Jeff hands him a loaf of bread to Colby <laughs> And, I forgot about this. And makes him eat it in front of everybody else. <sighs> and he's like, well, can I share? He's like, no, 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 no. Did he, did he ask that? Did he, he, ask asked, that? he absolutely asked that. Good for he, him. He wanted to share with everyone and Jeff wouldn't let him. But also, this is a weird solo reward that I feel like doesn't happen very often. No, I mean, and, and we see why, right? We don't really get any content out of it. Yeah. It's also weird that like, these appear, though it could just be clever staging, mm-hmm. these appear to just be actual ranchers in the outback just living their lives, like going through cattle season. Oh yeah, they're they're not actors because you cannot understand their their Australian dialect is so thick, you d- I don't understand any of it. And I am familiar with the Australian di- I've been around the Australian dialect quite a bit. I couldn't understand half of what was said. No. And yeah, no, so we don't get any content out of it. We <laughs> just get some shots of Colby sitting by the fire eating, him talking about eating. Another point at how malnourished and how poorly prepared they've been for this season is that like every time they get a reward, they're not able to enjoy them. Yeah. They just get sick. Yeah. Like think about like season 42. I remember there's a challenge where they, it's a pretty typical survivor thing. You get to take one person and it's savory or you get to take two people and it's sweets. And I think in 42, the person chose sweets and took two people and they're eating cake and what that, whatnot. And they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. And this like, and Colby can't stomach like beans because he's so starved. Like he's, insane. Yeah. His stomach has shrunk to the point where just any, any sort of food beyond your normal rice is going to upset you. Yeah. Like you have to, you essentially have to stretch it out and you have to reset your stomach into being able to eat normal people food yeah that sucks (laughs) which means that like every reward every food reward they've had for the past like four episodes has also been a punishment yeah or at least two episodes it seems like the one that was jerry and colby the great barrier reef while it wasn't international crime (laughs) it seems like they were able to enjoy the food correct so but the auction in this one now like two episodes in a row of them just they they cannot even sustain themselves on what survivors trying to provide them. Yeah, the malnourish is really kicking in, and even when they try to get out of it, it body's not having it. No, sorry. But now, maybe the most important thing of the episode happens while Colby's on his way oh to the God. rancher camp. Yeah, so Colby on his way to the rancher camp, we kind of see a storm roll in, and then boom, flash flood. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for this horse. Like, clearly, I, I, they didn't look up the weather or anything. No. Because to put these horses through this looked awful, and I feel so bad for these horses. Yeah, yeah, no, I... I'm actually really glad Colby won the challenge, because mm-hmm. it seems like he has some experienced horseback riding. Yes. Imagine... Amber or Roger or Elizabeth on the back of that horse in the middle of a storm when the horse is scared and trying to run away. Like, it probably would have bucked them off. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we might have had our second medevac of the season. Yeah. In a full torrential downpour. 
I don't know if you're in Bucked Off a Horse. Not fun. Have you? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. D- d- side tangent. Tell me that story. Oh, I mean, I was a kid. I was uh, one of my good friends. Bucked off as a kid? Shit. I mean, not like the horse was scared. Like, I, I, I guess bucked off is probably not the right word for that. The horse just kind of didn't want me on its back anymore and just kind of like shooed me. Oh. It wasn't I... like a full on like, oh no, this horse is running from something. But even just getting like, like kind of like shoved off the horse by the horse sucked because you're still six feet in the air. Yep. Five feet in the air and you're falling straight down. Yeah. I was imagining like horse is sick of this shit, goes up on two feet, gives like a full on yeet. No, but that's probably what would have happened. Yeah. Not, not pleasant. So yeah, he's desperate. They're desperately trying to get these horses wrangled and get them to where they need to be. Where the other team, everybody else is trying to get back to camp. I'm assuming they held them somewhere near the challenge because they don't show any of them like struggling through rain. Yeah, they don't show them in the storm at all. No, which they must have something happened where they're like, okay, stay put. Because they then once the rain is done, they have to start traversing back towards camp. But they get stuck because there is a... The river has become impassable. Yeah, or I think it might even be like a whole new river. They they did cross it because they talked about crossing it on the way there. Oh, okay, okay. At least that one. That that was there, but it was at a much lower level mm. and very easily crossable. However, we then get the shot at camp. I don't know why they left a cameraman at camp. They're just, just hanging out, I guess. That also does nothing to try to stop it. Yeah. Like, the cameraman is... And I'm sure... You know, this is, you know, some production assistant cameraman, probably under pretty strict instructions, like you are not to interfere with anything except for like a medical scenario. Mm -hmm. But still, like he's getting close up shots of stuff just like drifting away. Yeah. So context here. They set up at the very beginning when they went into the merge, they set up their camp and there was discussion about this Mm -hmm. in a dry creek bed. So, they haven't had any issues, like, they're far enough away from the river that it's not going to get washed up, it's going to get close, but it's not going to wash them out. And then, we see a slow-mo shot of, well, not even slow-mo, it looks in slow-mo, but it just is the way it is. (laughs) Right. You essentially see what is a new river coming toward their camp, and washing away half of their camp. And all, like, most of their stuff. Most of their stuff. The most important stuff. It washes away, and it talks about it. You you physically see it wash away a backpack, and then it takes the rice container. And the cameraman is, like, three feet from it when it yes. happens. He, they're sitting there watching this happen, watching the rice container that they traded all of, most of their shelter for. Just let it go. What would have happened? What would have happened? Well, I guess we'll we'll talk about this in a second. But man, how would the show have reacted if they had, yeah. well, had no rice again? How I do don't you, know. How do you how do you justify taking away their food? Yeah, well, let's just let's flash forward to to how they go and get the rice back because I don't know how we can't really separate those conversations. That's fine. right. Yes. Yeah, so everyone gets back and they are devastated. Just abs. They well, I shouldn't say that. I think, was it Kentucky Joe comes over the hill and he's like, oh, it doesn't look too bad. And then continues to go over the hill and realizes, oh, no. It's so bad. It's so bad. Because it does. From far away, it looks like the river is just went around your camp. Mm-hmm. And then once you get over that ridge, suddenly, nope, it went right through the damn thing. Oh, I did write down right before he comes over that ridge. We have like... 30 full seconds, like 30 actual seconds, if not longer, of watching a kangaroo struggle to get out of the river. Yeah. (laughs) We see it try to go up the hill like four times. And I was like, why are they showing? Like the first one, yeah. Okay, cool. It shows the devastation. Wait, we're still watching this. Oh, we're we're still watching this? Is anyone going to help the kangaroo? (laughs) We're just going to let this happen? I mean, kangaroos are fine in water, but that's actually how they kill dingoes. That's fair. 
but uh, they drown them. True story. But I'm like, why? Why are we? Why are we on this anyway? <laughs> yeah, the the the, <laughs> the full quote is, "We're okay. Don't jump to conclusions." And everything was not okay. <laughs> Very much not okay. And then it got worse. And then it got worse. It, everything was taken from them. Mm-hmm. Their fishing tackle, their knives. People are just angry. Angry at no one in particular, just angry. Yeah. I would be too. Well, they say they're no, angry at no one in particular. I do wonder if they're if they're angry at the show and maybe at production because they they would if there's someone who hangs around camp while they're gone mm-hmm. which probably you said i don't know why they leave a camera in there honestly probably to make sure wild animals don't go in their camp and sure. mess with their stuff i'd be like they're, they're not going to look at the camera and go why didn't you stop this i would kind of hope they would well maybe they did and that part was cut out oh true so it might look like they're mad at no one in particular but i would be pretty mad at the person i know was there recording it while it happened yeah they, they survey all the damage they go through and just, like, try to find anything, and they have no luck. So they, they keep going, and just eventually, right before it gets too dark to see anything, they have the, the idea to walk down the river and see if they can find any of it washed up on shore. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Real tough to even imagine that anything would be savable right but lucky for them the most important thing the rice tin is the one thing that they find it's like caught in on like a branch yeah in the water it looks like almost a beaver dam situation or like a log that had fallen down a tree that had fallen down the flash rod probably took down the tree yeah and like it latched on the far side of the river so Keith sees this, sees a raging river, and says, I'm going to walk right through that. Yeah, so here's the thing about flash floods. Yeah. This isn't like a normal river. If you get sucked away by a normal river, that you know, the ones that we've seen, the one that they go down the rapids on when in the challenge where they jump off the cliff, mm-hmm. you're fine. Even if it's moving pretty quickly, you're probably fine. But the thing about a flash flood is it takes a bunch of shit with it. Yes, it does. So if you get... You don't know what's... That's why they couldn't cross the water earlier. Because mm-hmm. there could be chunks of tree that are just waiting to sweep out your legs from underneath you. Yeah. And then there's rocks that you hit your head on. And yep. then you're just dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the biggest... The biggest challenge is that you don't know what's going to come up that river. At all. Yeah. And he's climbing on this log. Like, essentially, knee deep in water trying his best to go slow and not get absolutely wrecked into this river. And this is just another bullet point in the list of things I hate about Keith. <laughs> Roger is trying to be smart about it. Yeah. Roger is like, at least tie this rope around you, mm-hmm. but Keith has to be the hero. Yes. So Keith is going to go over there and do it himself with no help. I think actually Tina ends up getting in and helping him at some point. Yeah. So Tina goes down the river to a more shallow area and goes down the river, crosses, comes back faster than Keith walks across the river in the more dangerous position. I fucking hate Keith, man. I just, I fucking hate Keith. <laughs> like, what? They had so... Tina, just listen to Tina and Roger. It's true. Like, they're, they're trying to help you, and you're ignoring them and putting your life in danger. And I cannot believe... Like production let them. Do I can't this. believe production let them do this either. Enough that I made it the opening of the show. A cameraman is watching them. Yeah. A cameraman is right there. Yeah, multiple cameramen. I hope that cameraman, if it's the same one on the camp, got fired or at least like <laughs> put on a different show. Yes. Nobody should have let them go do this. No, they should have said, you know what, you found it. Let us go get it. Let someone who is let us drive across in a shower area. Yeah. And, like, it's, we'll go get it. Or even, hey, we'll just give you another tin. Because, yes. like, you found it. You could go get it. We are stopping you. We will get you another yes. tin. Don't worry. It's fine. Don't, because, like, I, I talked about this a little bit in season one. But, mm-hmm. like, imagine if Keith, in another world where Keith slips, cracks his head open in the riverbed, and bleeds out in the Australian River. Survivor's done. We're not talking about season 43. No, Survivor's <laughs> done right there. Yeah. That season never airs. Probably not. You're and, right. And uh, It's canceled. Everyone goes home. Yeah. 
They are so lucky. They are so lucky. And so stupid. I am... I am upset about this. And on the other side... Colby having the time of his life at this camp. (laughs) Trying... Well, I shouldn't say time of his life. He's trying his best to eat food and not be miserable. Yeah. (laughs) We're just watching him eat an egg sandwich that we know he's gonna... It's gonna immediately pass through him. While... I don't think there was, but in my mind, there was soft banjos playing in the background. Well, no, there was a guy playing guitar. Yes. Singing a song about drinking beer with your mates. That's the Australian version of cracking the cold one with the boys. It's true. <laughs> it absolutely is. Uh, it was It was wild. Just all around crazy experience that I don't know why you would have one person do this. Just let him bring another person. It's okay. It, yeah. It really is. Then we'd get some conversation and maybe some gameplay. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think, do they even do solo rewards anymore? If they do, it's not a trip like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's a food reward that you can oh, take. Oh, sure. Even still, most of the time they're going to let you split that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Jeff was there though. Jeff was at the camp, which again makes- This whole thing gives off- Malaysian bar energy. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe it was the people that they're like, hey, this is your land that we're on and you're letting us use this. Do you want to be on TV? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're paying you a lot of money. Do you want to just like be on TV for a little bit? But like, what is, like Jeff, again, we do the thing where Jeff says like a sentence mm-hmm. and then is gone. He's just hanging out. Hey, I'm having my one beer. My Bud Light. Ka-ting. That might be what it is. They needed him to drink a Bud Light on screen. Yep. And he did. Although it didn't look like a Bud Light. I don't know what it was about the bottle. that. Like the, none of the labels were facing the camera, so sure. that's why. It probably was, and I'm sure it was. 20 years ago, branding's different. Yeah. It still, it looked weird. I don't know why. <laughs> so yeah, Keith eats his full, gets sick, eats his full again in the morning. That egg sandwich looked delicious, though. You mean Colby, but yes. Yes. Colby ate his food, had his beans and... What was it? Beans and beef stew. And an egg sandwich that was delicious. It looked so good. It looked so good. And then walked back to camp. I don't know if... like, Did they drop him off somewhere and then said go walk? That's a good question. It felt weird just seeing him walk up to camp. Yeah. But he comes back to what looks like a funeral. Yeah. He, no one is in camp when he gets there, mm. so he's just taking a moment to survey the damage, and he realizes, oh, oh no. Not only, one, I missed out on all of this fiasco, two, I got out of the rain and the misery of last night, so I am the only one who is in okay spirits. And he talks about it. He yep. says, uh, you know, we try, we have a mentality at camp that is, you don't be mad at someone for winning a reward, mm-hmm. which I, I've surmised, like, I'm pretty sure that's their attitude towards rewards before. Sure. But he rightfully points out, like, there could be some resentment because this is very unique circumstances. It is. And not one that you plan for. No. <laughs> this is, and so they, they take their camp and they rebuild it on the hill. This is camp build number four of the season. Yeah. And did you see how many around their camp, how many of the trees were like burnt from lightning strikes? No. Yeah. No, there, I counted like three different trees that were like scarred on one side. And the forest fire. And the, well, but it looked specifically like lightning because it was only okay. like part of the tree that was scorched where it sure. looks like a light, it got struck by lightning. But Roger points out, he says, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If we're down there, we flood. If we're up here, we get struck by lightning. Fuck! <laughs> this is... Inhumane is the only word I have for unrelenting. it. Unrelenting. Absolutely unrelenting. Survivor, what are you doing? This is... Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's no way Africa can be worse than this, right? As far as, like, living conditions go. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but... We're gonna clip that sound bit and put it at the front of, like, four different episodes Maybe. next season. <laughs> so... Yeah, they move up the hill. Colby returns to the desolation. So many guilt hugs. Like, there's a lot of guilt hugging going on. And Survivor Mellow Piano. Yeah. That's that's the Incredible Hulk, but it's okay. 
if you had told me, one of the shots of Tina specifically struck me. Like if you had told me, like just took that screenshot and said, that is a stage four cancer patient, I would go, wow, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. She's, she looks so sad. She's skin and bones. She is, she looks like she is on death's door and mm-hmm. like has lost the will to live. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We set you up with this just horrible, horrible mood. Horrible. Everyone's miserable. And we go to immunity challenge. This is a great immunity challenge, too. It is. Well, you walk in. Everyone's just coming in. And immediately Jeff says, you look worn out. You're such a dick. Surely, Jeff. Surely you were prepped about this, right? Do you know they just... Like, went and almost died in a river to get their ice? Yes, of course he does. (laughs) I'm sure they had internal meetings about this. We get a slingshot challenge, though. I really like this challenge. I really like this challenge. So what happened in this challenge is that every person had three plates in a color representing them. And everyone shot a slingshot at the same time. Shooting macadamia nuts. Australian macadamia nuts. Cool. It was cool. I liked it. Another example of using the nature and the area you're in mm-hmm. without doing a racism. Congratulations, yeah. Survivor. So this, this, I liked how this game worked, is that you would, everyone had a fair shot, but it was still kind of team-based, where if you wanted to team up on someone, you yeah. could. They didn't in this one. Which was weird. Which was weird. But I, I was like, how did they not get Colby out immediately? They, they have games like this all the time where like, oh, you have to cut this rope three times and suddenly this other person's out. But that has a lot more ganging up on them. Mm. This just felt like a nice even spread of, yeah. all right, you can do that, but you got to have the skill to back it up. Yeah, I did like the fact that you can miss. I mean, Elizabeth has a two-to-one plate lead at the end, Mm -hmm. and she can't get Colby's last plate. Yeah. Colby was a sharpshooter in this. Oh, he's really good. He was really good. It it did look like it took everyone a little bit to kind of get the reins and figure out how a slingshot works. Yeah. Makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And then suddenly, Colby was eliminating everyone. He eliminates his own team first, though. He takes out... Keith and Tina are the first two, or Amber was first out, then Keith, then Tina. He wanted to, no, he doesn't vote for Amber, does he? He votes for Roger. Correct. Wow. At first I was like, he wants Amber out, but that's not even true. No. Wow. Yeah, and you're right. Like, there were three plates left, and all Elizabeth has to do is, like, nick Colby's plate. Just give it a little bit of a scrape, because one side is already cracked. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I wanted her to win so bad. I know, right? Um, I do I do appreciate that, you know, I, I've said before, like, I called it the math answer. I appreciate that sometimes, like, Colby, I mean, it does feel like Colby's doing a little bit of, little bit of a victory lap around everyone mm-hmm. by taking out Tina and Keith first because he is in the dominant position and he knows he's in the dominant position. As he should. As he should. But I do like that it's not 100% gamesmanship. Yeah. I appreciate that... Sometimes he's like, nice. I kind of just want to take out these people. Yeah. Because it's fun. You know what? Great. Yeah. So. In the challenge, not in the game. Like, you don't, you're not voting people out. That's that's different. Taking somebody out in a challenge is sure. fun. Not being Sean and voting people in a, in a way because it's fun. Yeah. Sorry, Tina. Your plate was closest to me, so I took it out. It's funny. I like I, it. I had to break the, the, the plates in alphabetical order, you see. Yeah. <laughs> you... <laughs> Yes! That's a good callback. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Colby wins. Again, the immunity. Yep. Colby is physically dominating these people, mm-hmm. and Amber is the only one who could possibly challenge him. So Amber's going home. So Amber's going home. But he doesn't vote for her. He does not vote That's for her. so fascinating. We go to tribal. There is zero talk. It doesn't show any... T- like, it shows maybe thoughts about the game, but no tribal talk. Yeah. And then we get to tribal, and this was a really interesting tribal council. Vote-wise, yes. Oh, no. Pre-vote-wise, I'm what I'm saying. Oh. Because there's a lot of discussion about things that could have happened that Jeff could have acknowledged before, but doesn't until this point. First, Jeff jinxed them. He said, 
last time we were here, I hoped that there would be no rain for you guys, and suddenly uh, there was tons of rain, and your your camp was washed out. And uh, why did you build your camp in a riverbed? Oh, I, I did forget about that, yeah. <laughs> Ask Kentucky Joe, why did you build your shelter in a riverbed? And guess what? He knows that Kentucky Joe is the only one who didn't want to do it. Uh-huh. Or at least the most vocal one we see. Correct. I want to do it. And he is very, Kentucky Joe is very politically correct about this. He's trying to be like, I, I know I didn't want it. He's like, well, who did want it? Tell me, Kentucky Joe. Tell me. And side like, note, just very, very, very small side tangent. Uh-huh. I hate the term politically correct. Okay. Because it's a, it's a word made up by far right people mm-hmm. to our term made up by far right people to take what is just known as being polite and weaponizing it. That's fair. <laughs> like, like, like t- in, change what you just said for, uh, t- take out politically correct and put in polite. He does, he's very polite about it. And like, it's the exact same thing. It's just not so pointed and made to make them look like it's a bad thing. Yeah. I, I do think it is a little bit different though, in that he it is politicking. Well, that's fair because they're they're he, looking for votes. <laughs> yeah, he's up on a stage in front of a jury. He's essentially trying to not not blame the people on the jury for the decision yeah, that was made. That's true. Which is eventually what he does and says the females wanted to be in the sand. He says females, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> which is is funny because normally, like when you just said it right now, I mean you cringe a little bit because whenever somebody says like. The females, the females. It usually is, it's it's a even just grammatically a poor sentence um not to mention all the other ick around it but with his like with his with just his such nice persona and his yeah. granddad energy it doesn't come off as weird like it work it like works for him i don't get it no but he was definitely in a dark place there yeah and i want to see more of uh dark kentucky joe rises <laughs> punished roger yeah this this is my dark Brandon. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> and then they, they they again they talk about how absolutely difficult this is. Elizabeth talks about how it used to be. Oh yeah, you just make it from challenge to challenge, and then suddenly it was you make it from day to day, and now you're just trying to get minute to minute and survive. They're, they're putting the survival in Survivor. If you've seen anybody or if you yourself have been somebody that has been up for like two days straight Mm -hmm. and you're literally just trying to get to the point where you can go to bed, Mm -hmm. that is what Elizabeth looked like. Like her eyes aren't focusing anywhere. She's, her blinks are really slow. Her body's like slowly hunching over while she's saying this. (laughs) There There are people who can do well on low amounts of sleep for a little bit. Eventually, your body will not respond well. Yeah. I am not one of those people, Jared. <laughs> I need my sleep. I need it bad. Well, they talk about the, the night after the storm while Colby was off with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> literally, the Australian Cowboys. Uh, the Dallas uh, Cowboys? No. Oh, okay. The Sydney Cowboys. <laughs> he, or the, the rest of them said it was the worst night they've ever had. Not in Survivor. The worst night they've ever had, full stop. They are huddled together for warmth because their fire does not work because their batches got wet. Yes. Unbelievable. Which they say they're waterproof matches, but most things that are waterproof are actually water resistant. Correct. If you just soak them in water, it sucks to suck. Yeah. If I put this in water for long enough or deep enough, it will eventually not work. Correct. <laughs> and then finally, in this tribal... Tina being put on the spot and being asked, are the six of you that are here the most deserving? She answers this so well. So well. By saying like, yeah, like we're not, we might not be the most deserving, but everyone up here is, is deserving. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Again, good politicking. And And I think an answer that she believes too. Yeah. So what did you think? They showed a lot of votes. Pre, pre-vote read. What did you think was going to happen? I honestly didn't know. I did feel like it was going to be Amber. Um, okay. I, I was leaning towards Amber. Pretty much once Roger, or once we saw, I don't remember if it was Roger 
or Elizabeth, we saw a vote for Amber. I was we like, saw them both. Both. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure Amber's going home then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just found it weird that they would show the... They, they were. They were trying to throw suspicion and make you think, oh, it's going to go this way, but it's not really going to go this way. Because they did show... I think they showed... Four of the six votes. Yeah. They show everyone but Tina and Keith's. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah. Amber, our fourth member of the jury yes yeah. and as halloween amber decided to go as a ghost because we've only seen her like once an episode <laughs> uh, it's great you're gonna see more of amber though okay amber, okay amber comes back in all stars so we're gonna see some of amber we're gonna see some of amber correct because we haven't seen any amber thus far would you have thought that amber was coming back in all stars N- no but at the same time she did get pretty far. She is in the final six. Fair. And she seems to be good at the challenges. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get to see her. <laughs> I don't how, understand, Steven. How do you think she does in All-Stars? Hmm. Without knowing the full list. Sure. I, I keep asking you this, knowing... Well, you're now up to, like, seven people. Of, yeah, probably, like, 18, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. I worry that she's going to be a pre-merge vote. Okay. I hope not. I think that it, one thing in her strength is that she is really good at fi- at like she's she's very loyal. She's very good at finding at least we've seen one person in this case Jerry, the wrong person to team up with, mm-hmm. but finding finding someone and being their number one. Sure. I think there's no doubt that Amber was Jerry's number one and sure. vice versa. If she learns to expand outside of that number <laughs> one, she could do better. But any, honestly, it's so hard from, from like pretty much when Nick goes home through the rest of the season, it's going to be very hard to evaluate a lot of these players mm-hmm. because they're not playing the same game as season one. Yeah. And they're not playing the same game as in the 40s. And they're playing a game that hopefully stops after season three. <laughs> well, eh, no is going to be the answer to that. But what's interesting is that eventually you get to to the point where you're bringing back these old school players to play a game that has evolved so far beyond them. Sure. And it is so interesting to see that. Mm. It's going to be a long time before you see that, but sure. it's interesting conversation and thought that I've had. But what I take from what you said is that Amber will latch herself onto a big personality and hope to expand from there. Yeah, and I think her fate will kind of rely on how that big personality does. Okay. Cool. Uh, your protagonist of the episode? Probably gotta be Colby. Okay. I mean, really, it's it's the environment again. But uh, we get a little bit it's more It's Australia. I mean, yes, the Outback is, is the protagonist of these last two episodes, but yep. of an actual survivor. Uh, it's, I mean, Colby wins both challenges. He... You know, his vote will be interesting next episode. There's a bit of a teaser about him and Keith having a blow up. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if there was a little bit of that before this vote that we just didn't get to see since they did not vote together. Sure. And it seems like Colby's in the prime position to win Mm -hmm. and is using that protagonist energy (laughs) in the right places. Cool. All right. Bumper. So that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We are closing in on the end here. I think we only have three more episodes. What's weird about the season is that they don't do a big finale. Like, final four isn't finale. Final three is the final episode. Oh. Which is very strange. I don't know if that's just how the... They broke it down for like DVD or broke it down for... Maybe the networks had, uh, they, they wanted to get more episodes in. That's why we had the filler episode. And now, sure. yeah. But yeah, that's real interesting to me. I don't know if that ever comes back and I hope it doesn't come back. Because I do like my two hour season finale. Yeah. Three hours is maybe pushing it. That's a little too much. Ah, uh, but they do it. Every once in a while. Actually, maybe just once. Hopefully just once. Might be just once. Oh, well. <laughs> Anything you would like to promote? Uh, yeah, if you're in Chicago and you... I am. 
I've already tried to promote this to you and you said no. That's fair. Uh, and you're an actor or you know actors. I'm directing a show. Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, we're holding auditions the week of the 18th. It'll be at Big Noise Theater, uh, which is in Des Plaines, but most of our uh, rehearsals will be right around Evanston. There's a form to fill out. If you know somebody or you want to, go ahead and do it. When does that submission do? Uh, oh, uh, November 18th. Okay, I was like, this isn't coming out until Thursday. That's fine. No, it's we put it up pretty early. Okay. Cool. I don't really have anything to promote, so I'm going to promote. Go give your animal, if you have an animal, a, a nice hug. That's a good one. Give him, give him a treat, maybe. Give him some love. Unless, you're, unless your animal's like my cat and doesn't want to be hugged. Yeah, your animals do not... Like, uh, my, I can walk up to my cat, pick him up and hold him like a baby and he will just stay there because he loves it. I could not do that with your animals. <laughs> when I try to pick up one of my, one of my cats, I don't even try to pick up, but the other one, if I try to pick him up, he'll like twist his whole body. Nope. Like a fucking bop it. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well. Not doing this. Nope. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We got more for you. We're about to go watch another episode and put it out for you uh, for a week from today. That's true. We're, we're slowly growing. We're slowly gaining in popularity, and I love it, and I love to see it. Keep telling your friends. Keep doing what you're doing. I have a DVD of Gone that is haunting me. We're doing that this weekend. We will absolutely do that this weekend. <sighs> for my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye.